Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. I want us all to be running um, without weights around us. So I want to talk to you this morning about mercy. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. I really, I got to tell you, out of all of the messages, not all of them, but this is a hard message for me to wrestle out. Because the, the idea of, of mercy triumphing over judgment is hard because in the body of Christ, you're like, well, okay, yes, but do you know what I mean when it comes to judgment? If there's that, yes, we agree with mercy. Mercy is right. It is good. But what about that judgment thing? Because when it comes to sin, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to turn a blind eye and say, oh, mercy, mercy? And so I want to talk about that today because I think you've got a, you've got a two-sided uh, 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 coin here. And so in me wrestling it out, I'm like, all right, Lord, I know it's this. I know you're saying this, but you're also saying this. And, and you're not schizophrenic. You're, you're not, you know, you're not double-minded. So what is it? And so I want to talk about that today. Uh, there are five things that are really going to keep you from getting to God's promise for your life. Number one is offense. Okay? Number two is unforgiveness. Number three, judgment. Four, sin, and five, unbelief. These are the things that are going to keep you from getting to where you need to go in God. Every single one of you were created by God before the beginning of time. He had you in himself before the beginning of time, meaning before he even created the earth. There was no such thing as time before he created the sun and the seasons and the night and the day. There was no such thing as time. God doesn't need time. We have time. So before all of that, there was you. You were a whisper and you were a thought and you were planned for such a time as this. You weren't born 2,000 years ago. Thank goodness there was no AC. But you were born today to live in this generation before the return of the Lord. Therefore, everything you need, you've been equipped with. No one, not one human being on the earth will take you out of the promise that God has for you. Will take you out of the destiny that God has created you to walk in. Not one person. They are not going to slow you down. They are not going to keep you from adhering those things, from laying hold of them. Okay? Okay, we know that. Because we can look at John chapter 3. We can look at John when, uh, John chapter 3, when uh, Jesus had already been baptized by John the Baptist. Now, Jesus has got his own ministry. And what is he doing? He's baptizing people. He's saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So his ministry began. And all of a sudden, you've got John the Baptist, who was, he was the hot item in all of Jerusalem. Remember, all of Jerusalem would go out to see him, this weird guy, eating bugs, 
dressing strangely wasn't the latest trend. Maybe it became the trend. I don't know, but hopefully not. So, so he was kind of the show. He had a huge ministry. He had huge influence, right? Well, along comes Jesus, and he begins to do the same thing. Well, what happens is that everybody turns from John the Baptist, and they begin to get baptized by Jesus. So the disciples come to Jesus, and they say, so, the, uh, John's disciples, and they go, hey, so, you know, all of the people are going over to Jesus, and now he's baptizing them. And they're all looking to him. So think about that. So, so his ministry begins to diminish. But he said the most remarkable thing in John chapter 3, verse 26. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You have no worries about somebody else taking from you or stopping you in your forward momentum. The only one who will keep you from what God has for you, from your destiny, from your calling, from your anointing, is you. Those five things. Look at David. Look at King David. I mean, he's got Saul. Saul's got 3,000 in his army. He can't kill David. The Philistines can't kill David. The only one that's going to keep David from being king is David. But he had to continue to operate with integrity before the Lord. So in the body of Christ, we haven't quite figured out this whole tempting and testing way of God. Now, God doesn't tempt you, and God doesn't test you, but he allows the devil to tempt you and test you. It's like, man, how do you, how do you square that with goodness of God? Well, you can look at Job, and you can see there's an accuser that approaches God and says, oh, what about your servant Job? Of course he loves you. Look at him. He's got everything. He's got wealth. He's got influence. He's got position. He's got a beautiful family, right? And, the, and, and he said, what if all of this happened? And God said, okay, do your best. And what happened when he was tested, when he was tempted with losing everything, he said, naked I came into the world, naked I'll go out. But God is good. And God said to Satan, see, Job, he didn't lose his integrity. He didn't lose the truth of who I am and the truth of who he is in me. What do you believe? Because that's what the test is all about. Right now, the whole earth is in a test. Right now, the whole earth is being shaken. And we're all having to decide, what do we believe? Do we believe the word of God? Or do we believe what we think and feel? Are we in the spirit and in the word, or are we in the flesh? Because every time there's a test, 
It's to see what you're going to do. How are you going to respond? Are you going to respond with the word? Or are you going to react in emotion and anger and the flesh? And the thing is, God already knows what's in your heart. And so the test isn't for him to see what you do. The test is for you. So you see the condition of your own heart because that's our God who is merciful and just to get us where we need to go. And we think it's all about if I'm just gifted, if I'm just, and he's like, no, 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 no. I'm after your heart. I'm after love. And when you respond in love, when you respond to me in these ways, when you respond to, to betrayal and heartache, then in the way that my word tells you to do it, then you've passed the test. Because the test is a written word test. Do you know God and his word? When this happens, will you hold fast to the word and not let go? Or will you get in the flesh and begin to fight for your own position and your own success? Because the minute someone comes along and they begin to resist your promotion, oh boy, that's when it gets real. So, I'll tell you, uh, the reason I really wanted to preach on this is because I had an encounter with the Lord. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And I had uh, experienced an incredible betrayal. It was a, like I said to you a couple of weeks ago, it was a Judas kiss. It was as close as you could possibly get. And I'll tell you, everybody's going to experience it because Jesus did. You know, and, and you'll have, you'll have the distance betrayal, but betrayal isn't really betrayal unless it's close, unless it can touch your heart. So this was about as intense as you can possibly get. It was private and it was public. It was a public betrayal. And so for me, it was a diminishing thing where I was being stolen from. And I'm not going to go into the details of it. But it cut me so deep. It, it brought me to my knees in sorrow, in accusation, in lies. And so I was in this battle that was a battle of my heart, and it was a battle of my mind. And about six weeks into it, this thing was eating my lunch. Because I couldn't get out of the, the, the cycle of that record player playing in my mind constantly, tormenting me about what had happened. And I played it over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and I couldn't get out of it. You know, I'm praying in tongues. I'm crying out to God. And so finally, about six weeks into this, the Lord broke in. It was March. And he said to me, Will you release mercy instead of judgment? And you know, when the Lord asks you that question, the answer is obviously yes, but you're thinking, I don't want to. 
<laughs> I can think about, you know, a hundred things I'd rather do. Like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, a lot of it's illegal and burying this person in my backyard and put them in my trunk and, you know, I don't know. Uh, the, the mind can, you know, I mean, run away with all kinds of fantasies about how to murder people, but <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Um, but when the Lord invites you into an invitation to, to do the opposite of what your emotions are telling you to do, because man, you go, you know, when you're, when you're feeling diminished or somebody's coming after your call or your destiny or you think that you know is, is true, what you do is you go in and you begin to make a case. And your mind's like, you're building the case, you're building the case like you're, you know, some attorney, you know, and, um, and so when the Lord said, will you release mercy? You know, that's really when you go before a judge, what you're, what you're asking for when you're guilty is you're asking for mercy. Well, I'm just as guilty as the person that did this to me. And I get mercy every day. So I said, yes, Lord, I will. And he said, no, I want you to say it out loud. Okay. So I, I, I said their name, and I said, I release mercy instead of judgment. And so, I, I, so whenever the thought of murdering this person would come back in my mind, <laughs> I would say, I release mercy instead of judgment. And I would say their name out. And so I looked kind of strange in the grocery store, you know, wherever I was. And I'm like calling their name out. I release mercy. I release mercy. God, have mercy. And the more I did it, the more I felt it. The more I did it, the more I believed it. Then, and then it moved from releasing mercy to blessing. God, would you bless them? God, would you increase them? Now, I'm still uh, decreased. I, I've still been stolen from. And, and that's still my reality, but not my reality anymore in my heart. It is in the physical, but it's not in my emotional and my spiritual because that began to soar again and I began to, it wasn't the record player anymore in my mind. I wasn't tormented and I wasn't having to defend myself from the accuser. So see what had happened is because I had judged not just what they did, but I had judged who they are. Because I had done that, I had tethered myself to this person and their sin. So about four months after I started the whole process of releasing them in mercy, I get a phone call. And this person said, I need to repent to you. Because I was wrong. I didn't understand. The Lord has shown me and went through and, you know, and so it was a very comprehensive restoration. It was, it was the redemption of God. And so he said to me, the grace of God left my life in March. Now think about this for a minute. That was the Lord telling me that 
what had happened is that I had judged him. I'm standing as judge. It's this person, God, and I'm standing in the way. Now, God wants to deal with them, but I'm standing in the way of the judge. Now, the judge of all judges, the judge, God, is so merciful and kind, and his heart is for redemption. He's the one that can bring people back into the revelation of the truth. You can say it all day long, but if you've got someone who has left the truth, it's going to be really hard for you to restore them. But when you release mercy, that in itself brings them back. And it was at that time in March that they were like, all of a sudden, everything shifted and God began to deal with them. And then the Lord was even more gracious and allowed them to come back into my life and commanded me for the next year to minister to them, to serve them, and to physically take care of them. It was a huge love lesson because I had to pick up the pieces that they had done to themselves and to me. I had to go and pick up all of the pieces and put them back together. But God, I'm telling you, if you really want to pass these tests, you have to keep saying yes, even though in the process you don't understand. You're like, okay, I can do the mercy thing, but, but then weakening myself further to help this person be continually strengthened was really the, the ultimate test. But redemption, I'm telling you, it's worth it. And now we're closer than ever and, um, and genuinely love each other deeply. And it's worth it because love is worth it. You see, the truth is, in your life, what the enemy means for evil, and he does mean it for evil, he wants to destroy you. God is going to turn for good. Every single time I went through a test, when I laid hold of the word of God, and I did what the word told me to do, right after that season, what happened? It was launch time. I got launched. Why? Because he knew he could trust me with this next level of authority and anointing. You're going to go there and destroy God's reputation in the process? No, he's after a heart that knows how to apprehend the word of God and hold on to the word of God and not be shaken. I love Rick Joyner. He had this book. It was um, Final Quest. Thank you. Um, and, and it was all about climbing the mountain of God, right? And so you're going to all these different levels in God. And, and he had gotten to one level, uh, the man who was climbing the mountain, and he had the sword of the Lord. He had this heavy sword. And, uh, and, the, and the mountain, the, the cliff of the mountain became very, very narrow. And it was difficult to, to have the sword and, and be on the mountain. So a lot of people at that level, they, they said, look, we're just going to leave the sword here because it'll help us to get up the mountain faster. 
But what happened to them, because they didn't have the word and didn't hang on to the word, even though they had grown in maturity, that they ended up getting knocked off the mountain and they had nothing to anchor themselves at that level. And I'm telling you, beloved, no matter how mature you get, you have to lay hold of the word of God and you cannot let it go. It is that what God did in order to provide us with this is everything. He did everything. And so we can't depart from this no matter how much we think we know in the spirit. Okay. So he's looking for some maturity in his body. Um, releasing mercy instead of judgment. All right, there's two types of judging. As believers, we're called to know the good and the bad, right? We're, we're called to know the tree that produces the good and the bad fruit. We're supposed to be discerning. We're supposed to know, wow, that's not good fruit. That must, there must be a root system there. And so we discern these things. We know these things, right? We can judge these things. And certainly as leaders in the body of Christ, when we see sin in believers, we're supposed to call that out and say, hey, brother, you know, our sister, you may want to rethink this because it's not going to go well for you. So our job is to correct. Our job is to rebuke. And our job is to encourage. So we help you stay between the ditches. That's what we do. We pray for you so you can be strong, but you can also... Uh, know the truth. But the word says that we have to be very careful when we go to a brother and we correct him. We have to correct him in gentleness, meaning that our hearts have to be right. So this is what I believe that the Lord is saying in this regard. Um, in Matthew 7, verse 1, he says this, judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment that you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not consider the speck in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck in your eye and look, the plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So what had happened to me when I had judged um, the person that betrayed me is I was getting judgment back and it was being measured back to me. And I'm telling you, beloved, I see this all the time. I see people that judge others, not what they do. Now, now hear me out, but who they are. And they're judging people. God doesn't do that. When God comes to us and he says, look, there's an issue. There's sin. This is sin, what's going on. Or you have an idol in your life. He doesn't say, I despise you. He says, I love you. You are, you are my son and my daughter. Let me tell you the truth of who you are. And as believers, we have to function in the same way. I see my brother. I see my sister. I see my daughters and my sons. I know who you are in God. You're such a treasure. You're so valuable. Look at, look at the beauty of what God created in you. However, there is an issue that you need to look at, and I want to help you see it. Do you see? 
So I've judged what they're doing, but I haven't judged who they are. Do you understand how that works? And so I'm operating in mercy with the person. And I'm like, I have mercy on you. And so when he says, look, a lot of us do the, we've got this whole plank and splinter thing going on. Because we want to go to people before we've even removed the plank out of our own eye. We're like, hey, you've got a splinter. In other words, we can't see rightly. We can't see the truth of who they are, so we want to go correct them without getting the right heart before we approach them in love. And it's not in love. It's just in, I'm right, you're wrong. I built a case. I'm right, you're wrong. Now I'm going to prove to you that I'm right and you're wrong. And that is harsh, and that is not the heart of God. But God always comes to us with mercy. Every morning, his mercies are new. And we benefit from that. How much more do we get our hearts right and really meditate with the Lord before we go to a brother and make sure that we're seeing with clear eyes what the Lord is saying? Thank you, Jesus. So it's okay to judge and evaluate the what, but we need to be careful and respond biblically to the how about what happened. You can judge the action, but you cannot judge the person. That's up to God. Judgment is his. And when we do that, what happens is that we can restore them in gentleness. We can restore them because they realize that you see them for the truth of who you are. And they're operating in mercy and kindness and love. Because love covers sin. It doesn't expose it. But what happens is when you're judging the person, you actually delight in exposing them. It's where gossip comes in. They diminished me. I'm going to diminish them with my words. I'm going to get everybody in on, on what happened. And in doing so, I diminish them. So I'm judging the person. Amen. <laughs> uh, so, clean hands and pure heart. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We have a merciful God who loves us, who sees us, who knows us, who very willing to clean up our messes. That he shows us through his kindness some things that we need to take care of. And and as brothers and sisters in the Lord, he helps us to to understand how to do that as well. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in the body of Christ is how, you know, the body of Christ will go and we want to judge people that don't know Jesus. Like they're supposed to act like us. No, really. And and that and that that's why they don't respond to us. Because we're not being merciful. Who did Jesus hang out with? Sinners. Was he like, why aren't you like me? No. He was like, man, I love you so much. And they were drawn by love. They 
They weren't, he didn't go in and say, let me just give you a list of all of the things that you're doing wrong. You're in sin. Well, yeah, I'm an unbeliever. Of course I am. And I think the church has really failed the earth by saying, you're supposed to look like us. No, 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 no. We're supposed to look like Jesus. You know? And so it's okay to talk to a brother in the Lord about sin, but it's not okay to go over there and begin to call out sin in an unbeliever. But what we do is we love them when we serve them. You know who does this really well? Is Lindsay Bryson with her ministry, Lovely. She goes every month into these uh, strip clubs and she ministers and loves these women. She's, she's got a, a toy drive going on right now. She's providing toys for how many? 200 and over 200 children. I mean, it's an incredible ministry. And I'm sorry, did somebody, did a child say amen? <laughs> amen. <laughs> we need to give her the microphone. Amen about the toys is right. <laughs> anyway, but, but really, that's what Jesus did. He was merciful, and kind, and loving to the lost. He healed them. He ministered to them. He didn't say, oh, well, you have to come in and then we'll fix you, or then we'll pray for you, or then we'll help you. No, he helped him already. Mercy. Every morning, for you and for me and for them. Mercy. Mercy. So this is what I want to do today. If any of you are being tormented by people that have betrayed you, or you're in judgment over. I'm going to pray, and whoever the Lord highlights, you get to do what I did. You get to release mercy over them. And you have to say it out loud. And you have to say it until it's done. Not in them, but in you. And listen, let me tell you something. Just because you're releasing mercy doesn't mean what they did is okay. You're not saying what they did is right. What you're saying is, I want to be like Jesus. And I'm telling you, it will break that connection where you're tethered to the torment and you're tethered to the judgment. And it's hitting you every day. And you're like, I don't understand why I can't get free of this. It's been years and I'm still being tormented. I thank God that he came in after six weeks and said, you're going to do this my way. It saved me from years of heartache and being, uh, what is the word I want to use? The, I was, and being slowed down in, in my ministry. And it would have been my own fault. So, let's stand.
All right, we're going to play some worship music. All of you have someone or some of you have someone that you're thinking of right now. You've already, as I've been talking, that person's face is coming up. Your heart that is so tethered to that situation and that wounding and that betrayal, it is coming up as well. And so we're going to do business. We're not leaving 2021 with this baggage anymore. We are, I mean, we're not, we're not, we're going to leave this behind and we're not keeping it anymore. Okay. It's time to move on with clean hands and a pure heart. I need you to run. God needs you to run. We need an army on the earth who is not tethered to sin or heartache or unforgiveness or judgment. We got to let it go so we can run and we got to run fast, right? God is on the move. He is on the move and we've got to be with him where he is instead of being discounted and the future and the destiny on our lives being discounted because of our own actions. Okay, let's pray. Well, Lord, Father, you're such a good dad. You're such a good father. (laughs) Father, we just confess today that things have been really hard. We've gone through so many tests, and some of them we did well, and some of them we didn't do well. So, Father, we thank you for your mercy, for you to bring us to the place that we need to be in you. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, we let go of those people. that cost us dearly, that hurt us deeply, that betrayed us, that stole from us, that hurt us. And we just let go. We let them go. We let it go. We let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Just see yourself. Every word, every word curse. And we release mercy. Instead of judgment, we let it go. Just say their name. I release mercy. I release mercy. I release mercy. And Father, I ask that you would make a way. 
for reconciliation, redemption, revelation, God. We thank you, Father, that nothing can take us out of your hands and nothing can take us out of the call and the destiny that you have on our lives. Today, we lay down these heavy weights that have been a burden to us, God. We take it off. We lay it down. And God, we say thank you for freedom today. And who the sun sets free is free indeed, God. Help us to run the race, God, according to your word and your will, just like Jesus did. Help us to respond, God, with your word in every aspect of our lives. Help us respond, God, to your will. And God, I pray lastly that you would help us to see these tests is what they are, which is a promotion. That you're just promoting your people. 